Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is brought to you by these great Saskatoon businesses. Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street, Dragon's Den Games on 8th Street, and Breakout Escape Rooms on Faithful Avenue. Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. I'm your host, Norm. I'm Ryan. And I'm Ian. And on this episode, I'll be reviewing Trois Dice. I'll be talking about Bonfire. And I'm going to be talking about Innovation. Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by... Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street in Saskatoon. They are the winner of the Joe Schuster Award for Best Comic Book Store in Canada, and they were also nominated in 2016 for the U.S. Eisner Spirit of Comics Retailer Award, presented at Comic-Con. Amazing Stories' amazing collection of comic books, board games, puzzles, and collectibles can be found in their store or on their new online website. And welcome back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. We're going to go into playing, doing, thinking board games. And uh, Ian, let's give us an update, please. Uh, Sure. So a while back, I had mentioned that we had started playing My City, which is one of the latest legacy games. This one from Reiner Knizia. And it's a very easy to learn and very quick playing legacy game. Uh, the idea is that you play groups of three. So it's three games at once is called a chapter. And we are through seven out of the eight chapters. We only have one chapter left. We have one, one game session left, I suppose. And it's, I'm quite enjoying it. It, it does a really good job of, continually giving you new challenges within the framework like it seems like a pretty basic framework you're placing these these tiles tetris like tiles on a Mm -hmm. board and trying to do whatever the goal is whether it's to fill up as many spaces as you can or trying to connect one side of the board to the other whatever it is but he does a good job of continually giving you new challenges so it doesn't get stale while still feeling like the same game the whole time. Cool. So we've only got one group of games left, three more games, and we're ready to roll. And the way it works is every time you win a game, you get two, I can't remember what they're called, like prosperity points or something, and you draw them on your board. And so you have this tally of points that you get on the board. And then there's eventually going to be other ways you can get those other than just winning the game as well by accomplishing things in the game. And with only three games left, having done 21 out of the 24 games, my wife and I are only like two points away from each other. Like, oh, wow. We're, we're sticking pretty close together. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah. You see, at that point, at, at the end of chapter seven, Jen had established a very sizable prosperity point lead on me. I think she was already, she was ahead like like eight points ahead of me at that point. Wow. wow. And at uh but yeah, like you're right. Um, you get the ones for winning. And then, yeah, I think it does a really good job of there's lots of in-game things that you can do 
to claim to get some of those uh those those prosperity points right and um and they, they give it a good heads up too like say hey make sure you try focusing on these things because you're going to score prosperity points for these at the end of the chapter yeah so um no it, it does it does a really good job i i agree i we had a really fun time with it yeah i'm enjoying it we're almost done almost at the end cool cool well i'll uh I'll jump in here because uh, Ryan's got a, some a closer for a, th- a thematic wrap-up kind of thing. So uh, myself, uh, I brought out one of my favorite little, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the deck builder engine kind of thing, right? So um, I put to the table Villagers by, um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to try and pronounce it, Hakon Garter, um, published by Sinister Fish Games. And it's a deck builder village building, uh, card drafting, beautiful piece of game where you have, I mean, like it's your typical, what everybody should be, it should be, or not should be, but what everybody who knows a deck builder is familiar with is that there's a market, there is a supply pile, you have your, um, your, your, you know, hand of cards. And uh, you, you, as far as like a city builder, you're trying to build uh, your tableau up. And the cool thing about this is um, the system of the cards where it's very tech tree. And um, it's a nice big deck. Um, there's a good variability in regards to how the, I mean, think about the villagers where it's the concept where you have uh, the domain of the miners and the domain of the, the foresters and, you know, that kind of those abstractions of areas. And uh, the way that you can, very interestingly build your little engine depending on how the market comes out and depending on how you're able to uh, uh, build your city um, balanced enough where you can recruit uh, uh, villagers and uh, be able to build the buildings that's the two kind of scales that you're working towards to quickly expand your build your village and i am super happy with this game of course uh, i'm i'm very kind of uh, on the other side, uh, compared to you guys, where um, my wife's favorite hobby is reading books, so I do solo stuff. So this has a very cool solo um, countess AI that goes up against you. So if you like that kind of stuff, I would highly recommend Villagers. I'm looking at the pictures here. That I've seen this game before, but I don't think I've played it. It's been hyped I have up. seen it. It's been hyped up in the background of, a bit. And uh, there's a new one coming out. I think it's like uh, 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 the comparison to city, you know, the city, the urbans or something like that. I can't remember exactly okay. what the title okay. is, but it's the other side. You know, one's one's rural, the other's urban. So, yeah. Uh, uh, have you played? Smart. Have you played Maki Koro or Machi Koro? Yes. Yes. Does this have? This looks like it has maybe some sort of like, but without the dice. Yeah. But it kind of looks like it has maybe a Machi Koro look to it, where you're building up those. What I'm loving about it is it's so fast, like 30 minutes. If once you do this, so for me at least solo, I can knock a really deep game, good decisions in 20 minutes, because um, there is no there is no you know dice rolling selection. It's I'm looking at the market. I'm going to recruit. And then I'm going to build, and then it's the event. Then it's back to the st- right. It just has a very smooth cycle to it. And there are two stages. There, there's a mid stage where you get uh, gold, and then there's a last stage where you kind of like trigger your your village to produce and get gold. And and then at the end, it's the gold that are victory points. Mm-hmm. 
Cool. Yeah. Nice. Neat. So that's got it. Me, it's got me intrigued. Cool. Yeah. I want to hear more about Felduary though. Yeah. So um, when this episode drops, uh, February slash Felduary is coming to a close for us. And so I'm just going to give it a last little um, update. <clears throat> Sorry, I got something in my throat there. <laughs> um, we got some more plays in of the Castles of Tuscany which I talked about um, earlier, nice. kind of like that um, Castles of Burgundy feeling, but kind of a little bit lighter, a little bit different of a game. I'm not going to go too much more into it. We really enjoyed that one. Um, but the other one that we got to play um, that I realized Jen had not played. Uh, so when I set it up, I'm like, do you remember this game? She's like, no. I'm like, <laughs> oh, crap. And you thought you mind. So I was like, oh, so, so we went through um, Trade, which... Is one of which is one of uh, Steffenfeld's um, really grandiose type of titles. It's very it's very um, thinky, it's very heavy in decision making, and it's really got that really cool that Moncala um, action selection of moving the colored um, yeah. tokens in, in around around the bowls and where whichever bowl you land in, that's the action that you yeah. get to take. I think I've played this with you. Yeah, I remember you playing it with me a while ago. Um, I yeah. can't remember how many how how long ago, but it's it's a very nice puzzle to try to solve because when you, you go to move those tokens around the bowl, let's say if there's three tokens in my bowl and I have to go three spaces, like I have to pay attention to because I have I want I have in my mind what I want to do in order to score points. And there's lots of it. Like this is a fell. There's lots you can get <laughs> you get points and you get points yeah. and you points you get points from doing literally everything but if you kind of focus on a few areas you're going to probably do much better than say your opponent but trying to get your bits to line up so that you can keep taking those actions over and over again is very um interesting plus the the added aspect of the trajan tiles that they have these colors associated on top of these um, tiles that allows you to take extra actions and so you're also trying to work the puzzle of dropping the right colors into the right bowls as you're kind of going around. And then there's set collecting of cars, there's set collecting of city bonuses. You've got little guys, your legionnaires out in the top part of the map going out and conquering uh, Europe. And then you're trying to concentrate on a whole bunch of, it's, it's a very, it's a very, um, oh, how, how am I putting it? I'm, I'm just gloating about Multi-dimensional. it. Multi-dimensional. Oh yeah. And just because I'm, I'm really, and I, I've got a couple asynchronous games going on Boata Show um, right now too, because you can play it online. So I've got a couple async games. Yeah. Because after I played it in person again, I was like, "Wow, I forgot how much I really do enjoy this game, and I need to play it some more." Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's not Jen's cup of tea. She's like, "Yeah, I, I liked it," but she's like, "It was way too much thinkiness and action planning ahead of time for yeah um, for her liking." So like, so yeah, I've got some. I decided to load up some games on what a show and what and, I, I think what I like the most about that game, everything you mentioned, but also that uh, time advancement mechanism on how many chits you pick up on your Moncala move. Right. So when someone's yeah, grabbing so a big pile, you just sit there and go, no, 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 don't push the clock. <laughs> yeah. Please, please don't end the round. Yeah. Absolutely. At, the end of, at the end of every round, you got these goals that you're trying to collect. And if you don't collect enough of them goals, like the gladiators yeah. or the other things, then you yeah. the Steffenfeld thing of you lose points because you couldn't collect these certain types of goods or yeah. along those lines. Yeah. So if you pick up five chips, that's that last chaotic element. Yeah. 
and then the timer moves. And in a two-player game, it goes by really fast. Oh, yeah. The, the, the track for a two-player game is very short compared to like a three- and four-player game. But in a three- oh. and four-player game, you're competing a lot more shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder in all those little mini-games on the board. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. Great. Awesome. Felduary. Are you happy with all your Felduary games so yeah. far? I got. I think I got loaded. I got loaded up here. So we got the BG stats of February here. Just gonna load it up really, really quickly here by month. So let's see here. How many felds did we get? We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight felds played this month. And go. each and and each of them, each of them, I'm proud of that we played at least twice each. That was my goal. That I went. I, one of my goals for my gaming this year is that when we set up and uh, play a game we have to play it at least twice that's I'm one so, of my goals i'm so jealous right now <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah that was an update on felduary and mr rouse gaming um habits <laughs> for this year this episode of Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Dragon's Den Games, located in the Louis VIII Mall on H Street in Saskatoon. Swing by Dragon's Den Games and let Darren, Al, and the awesome staff help you out in search for great board games, role-playing games, miniature systems, and all of the related accessories. Be a part of their gaming communities that have scheduled events in their great gaming area. Dragon's Den Games, Louis VIII Mall on 8th Street in Saskatoon. And welcome back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. We're going to go straight into reviews. And the reviews. The reviews. And we're going to go to Ian. What do you got? Uh, well, I thought I would look at an older game, older in terms of like 10 years. Yeah. To some yeah, people, that's, that's, that's Ryan, ancient in my years. To no, Ryan, that's, that's classic. That's depth. That's like yeah. the body to it. Essence. <laughs> yes. But it's but it's one that I rediscovered last year. I had played it a long time ago, but I rediscovered it last year and decided to pick it up and this summer, and that's Innovation. Yeah. Mm. From Carl Chuddick is the designer. And Osmodi Games is the publisher. And so innovation is uh it's basic it's just a little card game. It's a card game where your goal is to kind of play through the ages, right? It's uh you start at the stone age at prehistory and you work your way all up to modern age. So it's I guess you can call it a civilization game, although we'll talk about how deep the theme is, I suppose. <laughs> and what you're going to do is try to gain achievements as you move through these ages through with your card playing and score points based on the cards that you can set aside and claim all these achievements if you can, which I usually cannot. <laughs> so the game is set I up in... This game. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good game. I am just awful at it, though. <laughs> just awful. So you have 10 ages through the games, and each of the age is basically a deck of cards. So there's 10 decks of cards laid out, and you start with the first deck, which is a prehistory deck. And so every card is like some sort of innovation, right? The wheel or, or fire or something like that. And, and you, what you do is you basically have a number of actions you can do. You do two on your turn. 
And they're pretty straightforward actions. You draw another card, right? But you have to draw from the lowest deck available, right? So you've got to work your way through one age and then you can get to the other age. You can play your, a card from your hand in front of you. You can trigger a card. So every card has a bunch of symbols on it, but it also has little actions on it. And so you can trigger that action, which will let you do things. And sometimes that might be to take cards that are higher up in the future, right? Mm-hmm. You, or to specifically to score cards. You can take cards from your hand or from your play area and tuck them away as your points. And what you're trying to do is build up enough points so you can claim these achievements. That's your ultimate goal. And then if you can do that, the other another action is score an achievement if you have the points to do it. And so you also have special achievements, which are really tough to do. <laughs> like they're, <laughs> they're accomplishments that you can make throughout the game that are really, really hard to do. Uh, so like, for example, you might have to have all five or six different colors of cards in front of you and they all have to be at age eight and so and until you do that which is actually pretty hard to do you won't be able to score this achievement you have to do that to score this achievement but the trick is is that there are cards throughout the game that can let you take shortcuts to those special achievements and so you have specific cards you can try to score by doing other, I mean, there's still other accomplishments you have to meet, but they're going to be a lot easier to get if you have that card. And that's usually the only way you can get those stupid things. And sometimes they're they're just as difficult to line up as as they are the the big, large achievement too. Yeah, absolutely. And so we always try to figure out what's the unique thing about this game. And this game definitely has a unique feel when you play it. So one thing I should mention is the cards also have certain symbols, right? So you can have castle symbols or um, math symbols or whatever it is. So each card has a certain number of symbols. And so what's really cool is that when you trigger an action on your card, if somebody has that, the action always has a symbol with it. If somebody else has the same number of those symbols as you do or more, they also get to do that action. And there's demand actions where if you have the most of that symbol, you can basically make other people do things for you, like give you certain cards or, or whatever. And you can really Those hammer at people. Hurt. They really do. And so one of the really cool things that this game introduces that I really don't see with other games very much is that you can, you basically you have piles of cards and each color you put you put your new card on top of whatever the old card of that color was. Mm -hmm. So you only ever have uh, one card of each color up on your board at a time. But if you can trigger an action that says to splay your cards, what that does is basically you take whatever pile you've got there and you spread it out so that you can see the different symbols from all the cards below. And suddenly you've got a whole whack load of symbols that you didn't have before. And so that's a pretty cool idea. It's, that's very that really kind of makes this game stand out well and the fact that you can splay on three sides as well mm-hmm. yeah that's right you can go yeah. dimension of of oh yeah oh you can go yeah, left and right and splay up yeah splaying and if i remember correctly <clears throat> splaying in a certain direction is much better yeah more yeah, powerful. Cover more symbols for yeah. you 
um, than splaying in other directions. I think yes. left, like splaying left is like the, the weakest, but splaying up. Yeah, because the is, bottom is has really, three really, symbols versus yeah. the two on the sides. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's that's a really neat way that they do that. Uh, I would say that the theme of this building up a civilization I mean, it's basically just the names on the cards, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, now I have a, now I've discovered painting. Now I've discovered geometry and now I've discovered the telephone, right? And so you're just, that's all that it really is. Um, but I don't know. I think it's kind of cool and fun. And yeah. it's like, oh, I had now have the ability to learn philosophy <laughs> and, uh, and now I have a refrigerator, you know? <laughs> But other, but otherwise, the cards don't really match what their thing is that much. Like the actions don't match the the actual innovation very much. But what's really cool is the interesting interactions between the cards and the players, right? Because you're trying to find these ways that you can make the cards work for you, so you can score the points and get better cards out there. Mm -hmm. And so trying to figure out what actions you can use when, which cards can you start covering up because those actions aren't going to work for you anymore, which cards will work if you have the right amount of symbols compared to everybody else. So you also have to kind of really look to see what everybody else is doing. And so that's where the really intriguing part of this game is. Yeah, you're trying to really find... You're trying to find the combo. Like, yeah. I'm going to yeah. call it quote unquote the broken the combo. combo. <laughs> You're trying to find the combo before another player finds their combo. Yeah. Just to, and, and you have to try to exploit it and as, then, as, best, as much as possible. And then from the experience that Ryan and I had in the game is once that person hits a combo, you now have to find a way to break that combo mm -hmm. so that you can now get your combo back going. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's. Yeah. Yeah, it's I remember the very first, yeah, I remember the very first game that Norm and I played. We played it at Falcon. Yeah. Um a couple of years back. And it's a true and knife fight in a phone booth. <laughs> yeah. I remember feeling absolutely just super frustrated because Norm was doing this one thing. He he only had this one card. He had this one card on top for like the longest time. And I said, how the heck am I gonna score any points? He just keeps doing this one thing and oh, he can keep taking like what two two ages ahead of himself and he can put yeah. it on top of a pile and then he can score these things and i'm like i'm just sitting here and oh yeah he's taking cards from me too and i'm like what the heck is going on and then finally i drew into i'm like oh and then i started doing something <laughs> and then and you then broke norm, mine and then norm's like what what, what, what happened Mama, you broke my toy <laughs> I, I, I had something so good going yeah, yeah. <laughs> this game this game creates moments like that yeah, and, it does. and it's usually when you threshold in those ages where it's like i have a weapon yeah <laughs> yeah it's a and but there is a bit of a downside to that especially if you're a new player because it oh. is punishing because it's not easy to see how those cards sync up like it's it really no. you really got to be paying attention and reading your cards well <laughs> to know yeah. how, to, how you can use them. Yeah. Oh no. If there, if there's an, yeah. One detriment is that the learning curve of this game is quite high. Um, you are going to have to play it two, three times yeah. in order to kind of get that feeling and know, know the cards that are going to, that could possibly be coming and being able to be prepared or look out for them. Now, would you say that there's, there's like, 
a ridiculous amount of randomness or is it that that randomness is not necessarily randomness because of the interconnectivity with these cards that you're pulling up and you just gotta this and this works no this and this works yes i'm gonna play this right I don't yeah I, there is there is definitely some reliance on the card draw but because for example if you if you just can never seem to get cards that will let you score well then how are you gonna get points right mm -hmm. but i think it's just more the difficulty of seeing how the cards work together yeah that's yeah. pretty tough repetition I think, yeah ryan you're right repetition yeah yeah and, and i i want to say that add as a warning right that the, the <laughs> fact that it's not easy for new players is a warning but i hesitate to call that a detriment to the game because no. i don't think that that's necessarily a bad feature to a game i think that's just oh no the way some games are and having to having to learn it and become better at it and become an expert at it i don't think is a bad thing especially for like, you just have to know what game you're walking into i think mm -hmm. and that's what this game is yeah. cool yeah the only other thing i would say is it is a bit jargonistic they have they kind of make their own language right so they oh. say putting a card down is melding well yeah say put a card down like, <laughs> yeah like, or, or taking or taking those actions is is, is dogma doing the dogma yeah, yeah like uh, just i don't know but whatever i guess it's it's got its own little charm there um i'm so bad at this game i <laughs> i keep neglecting the scoring the cards and so i get like people run away with their victories all get one achievement and somebody else has six like i and I'm working towards my first one, and they're already about to win the game. I, I just I don't know how to play better. <laughs> I think for me, and I'm not going to say that I'm good at it, but for me, the, the I think what I enjoy the most about this game is just stepping down hard on the gas pedal and hang on to the steering wheel. That's what this game's about for me. It's just like, let's just go. Let's keep giving yeah. me options. Let, you know, cycle, cycle until I find something. Like Ryan said, yay, I got a toy that works now. Now let's run the toy, right? Until <laughs> someone beats it up. But fair warning, everybody. This is how Norm plays every single game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Step on the gas and hang on. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, yeah so there, the that's innovation. Yeah. I'm gonna put it, I'm putting it on the middle shelf, but maybe yeah. that's just because I'm not as good at it as yeah. well we'll have to we'll have to come back and check in on uh yeah. So, so I have and I have all of the expansion decks for innovation as well. And they kind of just throw the so once once you've played the game enough and that you kind of start knowing all of the different cards, it you can switch it up a little bit. So now you can like say there's the echoes of the past, I think is one mm -hmm. of the was one of the expansions. And all it does is just now it adds some more um cards that you can now mix into each of the ages so now it's like hey i'm going to use half i'm going to use half the base set and half the echoes and now i got a brand new set of cards that i can do and then they just do crazy awesome things as well and so yeah so they and i think there's about four i think there's four four deck uh four decks that yeah. you can that you can buy to add on to the game or you can just be the total, total chaos guy and just mix all of the sets all together all the time and that's what i would do yeah cool i'm so glad you picked this one out to review yeah innovation's a great game and you can play it on board game arena yeah yeah you can i played a couple of games on there cool and, and we that, won't that's talk about how they turned out <laughs> <laughs> well um i mentioned this one and i think ryan both of us are, are kind of uh, um uh reviewing the 
the previous the games from previous episodes in our in our thinking playing doing because I'm going to review Trois Dice, uh, designed by Sébastien Dujardin, Xavier Georges, uh, and Alain Orban. Uh, only a French by, teacher. Only a French teacher can say. I'm all trying. That. I'm trying not to like lay on the rolling. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, published by Pearl Games. Um, this yeah. Oh, this one. I'm. I'm going to start. I'm going to start gushing right away. This one is so much fun. So this is. Uh, plays one one of those uh, roll and write games that plays solo to as many players as wants to play kind of thing, right? Uh, very much like Welcome To. Um, uh, and like I said, it's a roll and write. Uh, and the big, <laughs> like your joke last time when we talked about it, it's the dice game of the dice game original. Yeah, <laughs> if that makes sense. Okay, so, um, but... It is so separate in its in its own kind of game. Uh, it only shares an identity, I think. Um, so let's go through the little nuts and bolts. So uh, uh, Trois Dice invites you to discover the history of the city of Trois during the Middle Ages when society was organized around three orders, the nobles, civilians, and religion. The responsibility of the first order is to protect the land and ensure justice. The responsibility of the middle order is the hard work of providing food and goods essential to life of the entire city. And the last, the mission is to ensure the awakening of the spiritual and cultural development. So like I said, Trois Dice is a roll and write strategy game in which you play a rich champagne family. It's up to you to seize the best opportunities offered by the dice to leave your mark in the history of the city. Will you get the most fame by fighting events, developing markets, erecting the cathedral or participating in the construction of prestigious buildings? At the end of the game, the player with the most victory points wins. You're pretty much standard game. And that's my review. Thank you. No, okay, joking. Um, so uh, um, what this game, as far as the game system goes, right? So that's the idea. That's the whole, this is who you are. This is what you're doing. Very similar to the, the parent game or the, the, the older sibling game. But this one, if you want to visualize, I mean, you're going to, get, you're going to have your pad, right? And your pad's divided in those, those three areas of the... Uh, uh, um, <laughs> I, I've lost my track of the noble civilians and religion, right? So in, in, on the game board, it's the, it's the red zone, the yellow zone and the white zone, if you want to be very kind of colorly clear. So um, how the game board gets transposed is that picture a, 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 a wheel, divide that wheel in half. And then each half has a kind of circular socket that's cut out for um the zones of the cities, right? So you have a circle and it's got now eight punch outs all the way around it. Now, how you how this game works is that there's a, a rotation scale in the middle that designates how each how much each each dice is gonna cost because you roll three you roll four dice, and um, it's pretty much once I establish how this the system works, it's pretty much a rinse and repeat um, for uh, 16 rolls, right? Eight days, so you do an, a morning and a night roll. Now, the cool thing is um, you put these pogs down or these circle discs, and they have, um, of the three colors, there's different colors on each side, except for three of them, which designate the bonus tiles, and I'll get to that later. But that's the cool part of the variability of this game is you don't know if it's going to be um, a, 
a nobly dominated board or a civilian dominated board or a religious dominated board. Because once you roll those dice, um, that circular interior dial, which designates zero pay, you know, like every kind of dice drafting, the lowest number is going to be free. The highest number is going to be more expensive. And how you pay is your resources, your money, your prestige, and your um, justice, I believe. Um, all that being said, it's really cool how this plays out because um, thematically connected to the game, you're trying to build your city and, and create the synergy um, like a good uh, roll and write game that I'm uh, a fan of is Fleet the Dice game is once you set up your engine, things start to cascade. So later in the game, one dice roll is going to trigger about three, four things, or it's going to create an end of game scenario type multiplier system that just fattens up your victory points. Um, the game, so that's the game system, right? And it's based basically on your first day, you roll your four dice, you put them out. Now, of those four dice, there is the enemy dice, okay, the dark dice. The cool thing about this game is the regular dice are clear because when you set them down on the area of the city, as I said, those little pog pucks, um, if it's a red puck, the clear dice goes in and let's say it's a two, it now is a two red. So that's how they kind of get away with this not having multiple colored dice is that let's just let the opacity create the color of the dice with the background of the area. Now, the villain, the, I would say the villain, the enemy dice comes in like twa, you have to defend the city. It comes in and in the first two rounds, it doesn't attack your city, but what it does is um, destroy and flip over um, that tile. So let's say it goes in on a red civic building. Well, first of all, you can't use that, that part of the building anymore for a resource. And at the end of it, it might flip it over and you might lose your only military region of the city for a while unless things get flipped. So you have to look at your board and see what's available to you too as well. Um, and all and like in the regular game, all the resources allow you to change the pips on the dice, allow you to change the flip the colors of the dice. Um, the cool thing I like about how they um, interpreted the end of game scoring in regards to those cards that you have is that they've turned that into a dice selection, or you know, one of those dice selection options is that uh, the the personalities or individuals can become end of game multipliers for the columns and rows of commonalities that you collect. I think it would be the easiest way without getting into a deep description. Um, the the synergistic connectivity to this is so, for my brain, just scratches that itch of well, how can I optimize my dice selection? How And this is one of those games where there's no competing. It's basically who Better can optimize the interpretation of the dice that are available to you each turn. And, and I'm not taking anything away. I'm not <laughs> barring anybody from anything. It's, all right, how are you going to best use these resources? And uh, yeah, my, uh, my conclusion... <laughs> my, my my opinions um I, i'm digging this game right uh let's do from uh, we always do from outside to inside the box it's your little eight by eight box right your little rolling right size box the cover gorgeous art very soon and i'm i'm the one who thinks that the cover of twa is gorgeous but it's got that medieval look same kind of thematic elements identical thematic elements 
um, all the way down to, I mean, there's not that much for components. Very good, very cool dice, right? I love those clear dice, um, but nothing over the top, nothing underproduced. Uh, good thick cardboard, nice big pad, very happy. Um, as far as my roll and rights, man, this is top three. This is, wow. yeah, yeah, this is, there's Fleet the Dice Game, there's this one, and, um, <laughs> well, you know, I'm not going to joke about Yahtzee. If it hadn't been for Yahtzee, I mean, there would have been a lot of gaming I wouldn't have done as a kid, right? So you, you got to, you know, dance with the one that brought you sometimes. Um, but I'll use that Yahtzee mechanism in something else like, you know, most other games. Okay. Um, yeah, everything has <laughs> everything has Yahtzee to thank in regards to a lot of these roll and writes. Um, but Trois Dice doesn't use that Yahtzee mechanism, but... It has that wonderful um, uh, flipping pogs triggered by the dice, triggered by the rotational um, uh, costs. This is top shelf for me. I mean, even in competition with some of the big box games, this is like, because I solo play, right? So this is very satisfying for a solo play. So I'd be interesting to play. This would be easy to play online, Zoom. Somebody could just download the stuff and one camera on the village. So who we'll came up with this theme? Find a, the, the, the pad to, to write on and just print off their own that, pieces yeah. of paper. Hunter we should S. try this out. We should, do, we should do we do a little uh, zoom jabs on the trois dice. So well, we we managed to do um, welcome to via yeah. video conference. So yeah, I don't see why not. Cool. So yeah, my uh, my my last word okay. on the trois dice. Yes. It's better than Yahtzee. <laughs> uh, okay, I don't know what that means. So, All right. <laughs> this episode is proudly supported by the amazing team at Breakout Escape and Board Game Lounge right here in Saskatoon. Using industry-leading technology, Breakout Escape's escape rooms are all 100% uniquely designed by the team, ensuring their patrons have maximum fun while staying safe. As well, they are a fully licensed board game lounge with over 400 titles to select from to ensure fun for every gamer new and experienced. Be sure to check them out at BreakoutSask.com. At Breakout Escapes and Game Lounge, they believe that life is more fun when you play games. Hand off to Ryan. Cool, so I'm wrapping up Felduary by reviewing a felled game i thought it would be fitting and i bounced back and forth between either reviewing this one or a, a another recently fell but i thought this one's the most fresh in my mind and it's the one that's i got the most um comments about so i thought i'd review bonfire and it came out in 2020 again it's a stefan feld game and it was published by hall games and pegasus spiel um, no one in North America has picked it up. So it's only available right now through those European um, publishers. And there's no word yet of when it's coming to North America. <laughs> um, and the art, I think Ian would appreciate that the art is by Dennis Lohausen of Terra Mystica and Gaia Project. And you can definitely tell that that art style is in this game because there's a few of the um, gnomes that I was looking at. I was like, this I thought was like an actual like character from Terra Mystica, <laughs> a, a, a few of them. So, cool. okay. So what are we doing in bonfire? So the overview here Chris says Pratt. that the bonfires are sources of light energy and warmth <laughs> created by the guardians of light in order to brighten the cities on the otherwise dark planet. 
The residents of these cities, however, took the bonfires for granted and exploited them for their personal gain. Disappointed, the Guardians of Light retreated and let the bonfires extinguish. The citizens could no longer live in their now dark cities where the forces were forced to leave. You are a group of gnomes living close to the cities, and you also need and the light, and you also need the light of the bonfires. Missing it now, you try yourself to visit the cities and learn how to ignite the bonfires once again. You must visit the Guardians of Light on their, on their holy islands and ask for tasks to prove your goodwill. For each completed task, they will reignite one of the extinguished bonfires. Whoever manages to... <laughs> right? <laughs> Whoever manages... Effort, right? It's a film. <laughs> Whoever manages to earn the greatest trust from the Guardians and manages to brighten their city the most will win the game. And that is the most thematic thing that I've actually think I've read about this game right now. <laughs> so in Bonfire, essentially, it's just a action selection game where you're just going to be spending these action tokens in, or in order to take whatever their action is. Now, there's six different tokens. Um, there's purple, green, brown, blue, red, and white. Now, what the purple ones do is that there is this central um, piece of the board. It's called the Great Bonfire. And what you're allowed to do is you're allowed to rotate that Great Bonfire and you gain some, you get again some like resources or more actions or these other things called portal tiles. I'm going to put a pin in that one for right now, those portal tiles. Green tiles allow you to build up a crystal path around the edge of your player board. Brown tiles allow you to claim specialist gnomes and elder gnomes and they allow you to kind of just kind of do some extra things um blue tiles allow you to move your ships around those holy islands that were mentioned in the overview uh red tiles once you're on one of those holy islands you can now claim one of the tasks uh you can get one of the tasks that these uh guardians have set out for us and then finally, the white tiles are actually the guardians themselves. You can actually recruit a guardian to come to your city, or you can move. Yes, that one. <laughs> and Gamora. And I believe Rocket. I am Groot. <laughs> or you can move the guardians along your pathway along the edge of your of your of your board, and that allows you to gain some resources. Now, the main way that you get these action tokens is actually kind of neat is that you have these things called fate tiles off to the side of your, of your player board. And these fate tiles are just um, uh, one by three, um, a little rectangle, and you place it onto this little kind of like this board in front of you that's kind of all puzzly. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to lay that down so that it matches other like colors that you've already placed onto your board. Because if you match like colors, you're going to get more action tiles. Um, and on your turn, you spend one of these action tiles to take the action. Some actions allow you to spend more than one tile. So like say if I spend two tiles or three tiles of the same color, I get a better um, type of action. And if you're ever stuck, like say you want to really take this other action, I really want to move my ship, but I have no ship tiles. I can always spend two tiles to uh, take whatever action I want. Um, so that's if you if you ever get um, stuck. Now, we are taking these actions, of course, like the description says, to ignite those bonfires around the city. 
So what you're going to be doing is that all these things are going to end up scoring us prestige with the guardians. And there's numerous ways to score prestige. Now, those task tiles that are along all those holy islands, that's going to be one of the main ways to gain this prestige because they are worth three to seven points each. And you have room on your board for seven of them. Now, you have to be careful because they come in three difficulty levels. There's easy, medium, and hard level tasks to accomplish. And I have to admit, the hard level tasks are almost impossible to do. Like you have to pretty much spend your game planning about how am I going to accomplish a, a, a difficult task tile. Whereas the easy task tiles, those just kind of just, you're able to accomplish those just by doing things in the game, um, essentially. Now, once you've completed a task tile, you can take a action to actually flip it over, which is called igniting the bonfire. And then what you're allowed to do is you can take one of your gnomes and you can send them to the great bonfire city and you get some sort of bonus. And that's going to be the game timer. As soon as there's a certain number of gnomes placed into this great city, this great bonfire, the game's going to end. So I believe in a two-player game, there's, if there's seven gnomes there, so seven tasks have been completed between the two players, the game's going to end. And then it just scales up with the number of players. Um, now, those path tiles that I was talking about, if you can manage to get the same path tile and bonfire of the same color to be adjacent to one another, you score bonus mm -hmm. points. So there's some sort of spatial thing there. Also, if you can get a bonfire next to something that's the same color, and it also has one of those portal tiles, like I mentioned, you can claim, you get even more points. <laughs> <laughs> So there's that little ca cascading thing. So, <laughs> and the way that works though, it actually, because the portal tiles start being built on the opposite end of the board than your pathway tiles. So they eventually will end up meeting up in the middle somehow. So you have to kind of focus on building both of them at the same time. There's common things that you can work, both work toward that all players can work towards. And there are just things that you have to accomplish in the game anyways. Say like you completed your path or you collected all the portals, or you collected like all of the gnomes. If you did something, those things, you can get some bonus points at the end of the game just by doing what the game asks you to do. Mm -hmm. And the last thing you can score points to, which I have yet to be able to do efficiently, is have a guardian ascend through one of your portals. Now, I'm going to say that's one of the hardest things to do, and that's one of my big beefs about this game, so I'm going to get to that a little bit later is having the guardian, but you can score big points if you're able to have the guardians ascend through portals. Okay, I'm going to get to, I'm going to do, a, I'm going to kind of jump around here, but this game is all about the interconnectivity of the actions. Um, everything is so interconnected because let's just say you want to claim task tiles. Well, in order to claim task tiles, you have to um, move your ship. So you have to be able to move your ship amongst the holy islands in order to go ahead and claim task tiles. Um, but in order to claim a task tile, you also have to spend resources. So I have to take great bonfire actions and um, these guardian actions in order to get resources. I have to be able to get guardians by taking those ship actions. Um, if I want to do the matching bonuses, well, I have to have pathways, I have to have portals. 
So I have to take pathway actions. I have to take great bonfire actions. I have to move my guard. Like everything, you have to do a little bit of everything in order to just score pretty much any amount of prestige you want to do in this game. Everything is so interconnected. And that's where I kind of get that, again, gets frustrating in your first... Um, <laughs> I like that Ian um, reviewed innovation this game. The first few games of innovation can feel very frustrating to somebody yeah. because you don't know what the, you don't know what the, what the, the levers, the do. synergy, what the yeah, what the synergies do. is of, of all the actions. Yeah. And for me, it was like, it was just like innovation that both that third or fourth play where I'm like, Oh, this is how you do well. Step on the gas and hang on to the steering wheel. <laughs> you, you, do what Norm, you do what Norm does. Yeah. And so one thing that we kind of always neglected to do, like um, other Stefan Fell games have these, like, you know, the, the, the research cards or the things that allow you to do your actions a little bit more efficiently. And that's these specialist gnome cards that you can collect. These are, in, in my about five or so plays of the game, I think these are crucial that you have to be able to get a few of these right off the get-go because they are just going to make gathering resources a little bit easier for you or mm -hmm. some of those other actions just a little bit more efficient for you. They are really um, crucial into driving home your, your engine. Okay, I diverge. <laughs> um, Outside-in opinions. So the uh, the box has, like, okay, Stefan Feld is usually not known for his glorious, but every one of these um, Hall games, when, one his games that are uh, published by Hall games have beautiful art. Yeah. And, it's, and it's usually been done by Dennis Lohausen. Um, Aquasphere has beautiful art done by Dennis Lohausen. Um, uh, what was the other one? Oracle Adelphi, great art done by Hall games. Dennis Lohausen art. Mm -hmm. Luna done mm -hmm. by Hall Games done by Dennis Loha. So these Hall Games, Dennis Lohausen art really bring these games um, to life. The components of there's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> lots of cards. I, I, I well, no, lots of cardboard. There's <laughs> lots of there's lots of chits, and you have to kind of like sort them out and place them on the board and set things up. And these things have to be over here and. Make sure there's no two colors of the same that are on these islands. And I, I saw a couple of tweets out there were saying that this that this just game could have, should have been called "Set Up the Game" because it, <laughs> does, it, 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 does, it does take a little bit um, um, to do that. And there's a lot of little there's a lot of little bits and pieces that have particular places to go. So the setup does take a little bit of time. But other than that, the components are great. Nice chunky wooden bits. All the resources are wooden. Um, everything's got its own shape. Uh, I have no qualms about it. the rule book is fantastic. It's a really good laid out rule book. You can teach yourself this game from the rule book um, really quite easily. It highlights everything. Nice appendixes. <laughs> right on. Okay. So now I mentioned before about the gameplay here is that th those initial games are, I think are going to be frustrating to most people that are not used to this type of game now i am used to these types of games these nice complex like i like the tell sort of games yeah i like Arkwright. i like all these things but i was very frustrated in my early plays just because i could not figure out what the heck to do like okay i'm just going to move my ship those things look like there's they're they're important to do collect some cast tiles oh i'm going to click some task tiles okay now that i've got task tiles do, do those dictate what i'm supposed to do for this game now 
Uh-huh. And so then after that, I was like, okay, now <laughs> is my bit, game yeah. on rails. Like are all my decisions made for me that I have to complete these task tiles. And then also some, I have no idea what else I need to be able to do. It was, it wasn't about until like the third or fourth games when I started playing and I, I played a couple solo games. Like I did a jabs episode <laughs> where I played a solo game of bonfire and I got decimated by the AI. <laughs> but after watching that video, I'm like realizing like, I should have been doing these other things. Yeah. Like as I watched it. Yeah. And so then I played it again. I didn't record this next, the next session, but I did very, I did much better. I only lost by one point rather than 15. And so, cool. and, I, and I concentrated on some other aspects of, of, of the gameplay. So yeah, Bonfire has been a really interesting game. A lot of people have been talking about this. Their fate. Oh yeah. This is like, this is top felt. I don't think this is top felt. This is very complex felt. I was going to say, is it the heavier because that's that's what this I've been is, hearing. It's his heaviest. Yeah, this is this is by far. I don't want to call it his heaviest because the so actions are actually very quite simple, or maybe more complex. It, this is his definitely one of his more complex games. Now I talked about I played Trajan. Yeah, I feel Trajan has a better flow and like mm-hmm. and and um, its gameplay it's is intuitive. much more smooth. Yes, yeah, yeah. smoother than than this one. Okay. So yeah, Bonfire, it's going to stay on my middle shelf for right now. It's got to stick with all the other lovely felds that I've <laughs> kind of collected over the over the years. I'm glad that I have it. I'm glad that <laughs> yeah. I've got a chance to play it. I'll probably end up playing it a few more times. Okay. And it's probably be one of those ones where, hey, next Felduary, it's going to come back out. I'm going to play it a couple <laughs> times. And uh, now because yeah. Feld has such a diverse anthology, is there any repetition that you see in this game? Now, this one, I would say I had the exact same <laughs> feeling of this game as when I was playing Aquasphere. Okay. Aquasphere is also another complex um, Stefan Fell game that also kind of like you have to follow with a kind of like an order of the operations. Programming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of, of order, like, yeah, I need to do this in order to do that, in order to do this. Okay. Um, but I found Aquasphere a much better design than, say, Bonfire. Okay. Uh, this one just seems too complex. It was just complex. For, I seem to say this a lot, don't <laughs> I, Ian? Complex for the sake of complexity. I don't know. Maybe that's just me growing as a, a as a person who plays lots of uh, lots of new games. And I kind of start seeing these types of things like, man, uh, yeah, this could have been I mean. accomplished so much simpler. <laughs> I think that's just you being a dad. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing that? <laughs> so hey, I gotta get water. I'm not knocking Bonfire. Bonfire is still a great, it's still a great game. Lots of people are going to really enjoy it. Um, just note that the, it, there, there are the interconnectivity of the, of the actions. And it's going to take maybe a few plays in order to try to figure out, oh, that is what I'm supposed yeah. to. I'm not going to sit here and tell you what you have to do in order to, to, to win this game. Because I still <laughs> don't think I've won this game. I'm still trying to figure that one. Yeah. I, well, I'm still actually, I'm still figuring it out, but I think I've got a better understanding of what you need to do. Yeah, cool. And you know, what you need to do and to do well. Right on. So yeah, Bonfire. It's a, it's an interesting, it's a very interesting puzzle. I'm glad you talked about this one because I've, I mean, I've heard all, all the hype going on around it. So yay. So few re- <laughs> no a few retailers managed to get yeah, some of the pre-order copies from the 
um, European distributors. So I got my copy from yeah, Mr. Dice Guy here in, uh, in Saskatoon. He got, he managed to get two copies. And I think at the same time, Dragon's Den games also managed to get, I think, two copies in. So there was only four copies that were released in Saskatoon from my understanding. He's and like then, a cardboard uh, meerkat. Yep. Right. It's like this rare thing. Boom, he pops up and he knows where it is. And it's like tuk, 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 on his phone. It's being delivered. I'm tracking it now. That, that's actually pretty. It's actually pretty <laughs> accurate. Because <laughs> what you guys don't know is like during my breaks at work is that I'm visiting all of the websites and tracking what what's there, what are the was there new releases today? Oh, there were new releases. <gasps> Bonfire. Mm. Should I get it? Yeah, no is one it, else okay. is going to have it. Uh, we're going to talk about our well. You know what? That's that's endorsement enough, right there. And why we like cool. Them. Well, we're um we're we're we've approached that wrap up time, and right. uh, we'd like to say thank you very much teachers. for spending some time <laughs> listening to our uh, opinions and our conclusions. And sometimes they're formed on. Yeah. Sometimes they come out of our hats, and sometimes we have pretty good ideas. So, uh, that being said, I'm your host Norm. I've been Ryan. <laughs> Happy episode 69, dude. <laughs> we'll catch you later. Oh, man. This has been an episode of Cardboard Conjecture, and we are Bridge City Board Gamers. And you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Board Gamers Saskatoon. You can find us on YouTube, Bridge City Board Gamers. We are also on Twitter, at BC Board Gamers. And of course, Board Game Geek, guild number 3039.